Well, I'm unapologetically a Texas Ranger fan, and so I must admit that baseball is a very beautiful game. Baseball is a lot like life. Sometimes the best pitcher doesn't win. Sometimes the best hitter just crushes the ball, but hits it right at them. Hits it in the wrong place. Sometimes your nine-hole hitter hits the ball off the knob of the bat and gets a little Texas leaguer single. Sometimes you get bases loaded with no outs and don't score. Sometimes first and second guys up, strike out, and then you get five runs on two outs. It's a very crazy game. It's a beautiful game. It's 162 games a year. So what that means is the best team should be there at the end of the year. But that's not the truth. The best team doesn't always win. But I think we can all agree that every team that's ever won the World Series, whether or not they're the best team or not, one thing they had in common is they don't give up. They persevere. About a month ago, if you said, Lee, I think the Rangers are going to win the World Series, I would say you must be taking some drugs. There is no way those guys are going to win the World Series. Nevertheless, they hung in there. Best pitchers are hurt. The, the bullpen, you've got to admit, that LeClerc, about, about August, he's not pitching for my Little League team. Man, something happened, and he came on. The, the big Cuban, left-handed guy, Arnolis Chambers. I mean, what are you going to get? You put him in the seventh inning, he might strike out all three, or they may get three runs off him. He may walk them all. You never know in that beautiful game. But there's something to persistence. You know, um, we have to prepare for difficult days. I would be, I think, not doing my responsibility if I didn't have talk about that every now and then. All of us, all of us believers, we have got to prepare for difficult days. Now, Jesus told us we would be hated. Jesus told us that there's going to be difficult times. And and Jesus said, we need to be prepared. We've got to be ready for hard times. We've got to make up our mind that we won't quit. We've got to make up our mind that we will stay faithful if we're going to endure these hard times. I want to share with you the scripture from Luke today. And I want to begin in chapter 17. In verse 20 of Luke 17, Jesus is asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Now, the Pharisees' idea of the Messiah and what the Messiah would accomplish would be to handle the Roman problem, to handle the issues that they faced in their day against enemies. And that was the idea. The, the, the Messiah would come and would usher in a new time of freedom and prosperity. That's what they're longing for. And so they're testing Jesus out, of course. 
They're wondering whether or not he is Messiah, but the truth of the matter is they're just asking questions so they can get information that they can rid themselves of him. And Jesus answered these Pharisees. Now, that's important to understand who's asking this question. The Pharisees are asking this question. And Jesus told them the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Now, he's speaking to them. Nor will they say, look, here it is. So he addresses their question, not in the answer that they're longing for. He says, it, 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 it is not coming in ways that can be observed. He's saying it's not coming in ways that you can observe it. You're not going to see it without faith. Nor, in verse 21, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Speaking to the Pharisees, you're not going to see it. You're not going to be aware of it. It cannot be observed from their frame of mind. And then he turns and he says to the disciples, he says, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. So he says to the disciples, you're going to have times, you're going to have seasons, you're going to have days that you wake up every day and you will say, come Lord Jesus, please come. Because we recognize at the coming of Jesus, there's going to be reckoning, there's going to be making right lots of wrongs. And we long for that. We long for justice. We long for some sanity in our society. We long to see things set straight. All of us probably have that idea. I'm sure that at your workplace, you're seeing insanity from people at times. I'm sure that at school, you're seeing insanity at times. I mean, I'm sure in your neighborhood, you're seeing insanity at times. And even in our own families, the, uh, people are, are struggling with sanity today. It's all over. You don't have to be on the news to see it. You can just see it as you go and do in life. I mean, I've seen things in Walmart lately that I go, oh, my goodness. I mean, how in the world can people be so mad? How can they be so angry? How can they be so upside down? I mean, you know, they they talk about the money. They talk about the waiting in lines. They talk about this machine not working. You know, they get irritated if you're trying to find that perfect ketchup or mustard and you're looking and you can't find it because your wife sends you to the grocery store and you don't know where things are and you're looking around, you know, trying to figure things out like a raccoon that's lost in a forest or something. And and people come up and and say, sir, will you move? Will you get out of the way? I'm trying to find ketchup. You know where this ketchup is? You know, it's just wild. And and people are irritated. And, And Jesus here, I think, in, in this series of teaching that we're going to talk about today, Jesus helps us to see how we can endure those difficult days. Now, Jesus told the disciples that the days are coming that you're going to desire for the coming of the Son of Man, but you're not going to see it. Skeptics, I've heard this time or two from people, 
I've had people ask me, now, preacher, when is Jesus coming back? And I said, well, hopefully soon, right? When is he coming back? Well, he can come back anytime. I believe in, in that fact. I think that Jesus can come anytime that he, that it's the Father and deems it necessary for him to come, okay? Now, doesn't it, the skeptic speaking here now, doesn't it seem strange to you that this one that you worship, that this one that you, you live for, said all those years ago that he was going to return? And here we are, you know, we're, we're talking about almost 2,000 years have gone by, and he still hasn't come. Now, the skeptic says that from the position, he must not be legit. He must not be the Messiah. He must not be the Son of God. Because surely, if Jesus was coming again, he would have already come again. But here in this scripture, it says that, the disciples, Christians of all the ages, we have insight here that we must live as if he's not going to come back in our lifetime. He may come back in our lifetime. We would love for him to come back in our lifetime, but he may not come in our lifetime. It says you won't see it. He said the disciples, you don't see it. And, and we have to understand that. And so we have to prepare ourselves that he has already come. That's what he says to the Pharisees. But as far as coming again, he has not yet come. So he's already here internally. The kingdom of God is in your midst, Jesus told these boys. Now, we already know that Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. We, we have Emmanuel, God with us. So there is the eternal kingdom that we have today, but we do not have the external kingdom yet. And the external kingdom will be when Jesus returns and he reigns. But until that time comes, the way that we can manage this difficult life that we've been given, this hard life, this this. Uh, cultural collision that's taking place in our world today with everything upside down and wrong is right and right is wrong and, and sin is pervasive and, and people are not sane and, and people have lost a lot of common sense in our world. We must learn to take a hold of the eternal kingdom that we have as we wait for the external kingdom to come. And so Jesus tells the disciples, you're going to long for the days of the coming of Christ. You're going to long for the days that you see the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And so he rocks along here, and he speaks about the coming of Jesus. He speaks about his own return. And then in chapter 18, I think through the parable of the persistent widow, he gives us, what we need to do until he returns, how we live until he returns. First of all, we've got to recognize that we have an inner kingdom inside of us because of faith in Christ. We possess, we have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, gives us energy, gives us life, gives us power, gives us the ability to persist in life. 
And in this parable, I think that he really fine-tunes it, and he gives us exactly what we need to do in order to handle difficult days. Now, haven't you sometimes thought you have a problem, you got a challenge, there's an issue that's taking place in your world, and you say, well, I wish God would just tell me what to do. If God would just say, this is how you need to handle it, this is what you need to do, man, we, we would relish that, right? Now, we have here God telling us, Jesus revealing to us exactly what we need to do. Maybe not the specifics, but definitely the mindset of how we need to handle this difficult world. So let's look at this parable verse in chapter 18, verse 1. And as a result of this teaching of the eternal kingdom and the external kingdom, and he told them a parable to the effect, the reason for this parable he gives, that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So those are the foundation of handling an insane life with sanity. That's how we do it. That's how we learn to maximize the inner kingdom and experiencing the strength of the inner kingdom. This is how we make it. This is how we do better than just surviving. This is how we experience the victory of the inner kingdom. He said, in a certain city was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Good judge, huh? Didn't fear God, didn't respect man. Those are, those are bad qualities for a judge. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. He just flat out refused. He, now, you notice this parable doesn't say that she was wrong. He just says that he just flat out refused. We obviously, I think that indirectly, or you can see here without reading too much into this parable, you probably can see that she was right. She was right in her claim of injustice by an adversary. And it says, for a while he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, I don't care about this lady one bit, he says. She's wearing me out. She's annoying me. And yet because this widow keeps bothering me, he's annoyed by her. He doesn't want to see her again. I reckon every time that this poor lady walks into his courtroom, he just puts his head down and says, not again, not again. I want nothing to do with her or her case. He says, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And so he's just tired of her. Stubborn. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Hear what he just said here. And then Jesus says this in verse 7, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, 
not the most important point. Nevertheless, not the most important matter of this parable. Her getting justice according to what Jesus is teaching here is not the most important detail. Nevertheless, he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, in this parable, I believe Jesus is commending this lady's faith. In this parable, he's exalting this lady to a certain degree. And, and, and we learn from this. Now, the judge. The judge, I think, in this parable represents the world. It represents what we're dealing with in the unsaved world. In the unbelieving world, this is it. This is this judge. He didn't fear God. He didn't respect people. He didn't respect this lady. Doesn't respect him at all. And he is stubborn. That's what we're dealing with. That's our struggle. That's probably your number one headache is dealing with people that don't fear God, they don't respect one another, they don't respect you, and they're stubborn. They're stuck in their ways. And right now, your calculator is buzzing, your Rolodex is spinning over. I think about Rolodex, not a computer. And it's spinning over, and it's going, that person, that person, that person. And, and you're thinking about, you're seeing their faces right now. You're wondering, man, how in the world can I handle them another day at the office? How in the world can I put up with them at Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving's coming. Oh, my gosh. How will I survive another Thanksgiving? How am I going to do that? They don't fear God. They don't respect people. And they're just flat-out stubborn. That's this judge. And the widow here, I think, represents us as believers. And it, and it gives us insight of how we need to respond. She's persistent. She's experienced some injustice. She has an adversary. She's been mistreated. She's been done wrong. She doesn't seem to have a solution available to her. That's this lady. She's, she's way down on the pecking order. The judge doesn't see any importance in her. The judge sees no value in her. You realize that this world increasingly, increasingly will have no value in us and our beliefs, us and our convictions. We will increasingly experience that. And so this lady's in a bad spot. And we're going to increasingly, as believers in Christ, we're going to find ourselves in a bad spot. That's what we're going to experience. And then the Lord here, the Lord is described. He's not like that judge. Thank goodness he's not like that judge. Imagine all-powerful God like this judge. How horrible that would be. He cares for us. He will give justice to his people. And it says here, he will come through. We may wait a while, but he'll come through. And he will give justice to his people. Now, in this parable, I think we're given three things that we need to do. Three things he tells us that we need to do 
to be able to handle this difficult time in which we live. Number one, always pray. Always pray. Always pray. That's just simple, isn't it? What are you going to do about your problem? I'm going to pray about it. How are you going to handle this difficulty? I'm going to pray about it. How are you going to handle this insanity of this world in which we're living in? I'm going to pray every single day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for it to be stopped. I'm going to pray for it to be changed. I'm going to pray for the ability within my heart to, to, to grow in, in strength, to grow in faith, and to grow in an understanding of who God is and what he's doing in my world. I'm going to always pray. I'm going to always pray. Prayer is going to be my number one thing that I do. I'm not going to problem solve. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to reason things out. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to worry. Instead, I'm going to pray. Philippians 4 tells us, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Turn your worry into prayer. So that's step number one. Always pray. Write it down. Write it on your, on your mirror in your, in your bathroom. Put it on your, your fridge at home. Always pray. Always pray. And I said, Lee, we understand that. Well, it's the key to handling this crazy world. Always pray. Number two, don't lose heart. Now, the only way I know that you cannot lose heart in this, in this day and time which we live is you've got to understand Jesus overcome the world. Jesus is in you is greater than he's not in you. And you've got to keep that fresh. You've got to keep that in mind. Jesus said to the disciples when he was telling them that he was going to leave them, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So don't lose heart. It simply says, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. I think you could add to that, don't get discouraged. Jesus is Lord of all. And Jesus is in you through the Spirit. Don't lose heart means don't quit. What are you going to do about this problem that you're facing? Not quite sure yet. I don't know how specific I'm going to handle it, but I know what to do. I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give out. I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm going to keep on showing up. I'm going to keep on laboring. I, I mean, I, my, my reasoning, my work, my, my time with people and trying to help them, my encounters with people, I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to quit. And I think part of not losing heart is also this, based on the instructions that we see here about the difference between the unjust judge and God. Move forward knowing God is good, God is compassionate, God is caring for you, and, and move forward with that acknowledgement, with that understanding, with faith. That's what it means to not lose heart. Don't quit. Don't give up. Maybe rough, maybe difficulty. Don't waste a day. Don't waste a season of time in your life. I mean, there may be so many things that are outside your control 
that you would just like to stay in bed with the covers over your head every day. Man, don't give up. Don't quit. God is good. God is in control. And, 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 and you may be experiencing more problems than you can handle. It may be more than you can deal with. Paul says, these problems I'm going through that are more than I can handle, they are, the, the purpose of those problems is that I learn to lean on God with all of my heart. Don't quit. Move forward knowing that God is good. And He will act. He will act. And then, of course, we have here, He told him a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. He's saying, persist. Persist. Keep on keeping on. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Keep on showing up. Keep on fighting the battles that are faced that you're faced with. Let the Lord fight them for you. Hang in there. Hang tough. Hang strong. You may have struck out the last ten times you've been at bat. Go up there ready to go. Go up there ready to get a hit. We strike out a lot. We make errors. We have failures. We have things that happen that we can do nothing about. But we're going to persist. We're going to keep on going to the plate and trying to get a hit. We're going to hang in there. And then the most important thing of this parable, the most important thing for us to understand, Jesus asked the question, when the Son of Man comes, when Jesus returns, Will he find faith on the earth? Now, we can personalize that perfectly fine, I think. Will he, if he returns in our lifetime, will he find us being faithful? Will he find us always praying? Will he find us not losing heart? Will he find us in a way that we're able to rejoice when he returns because we have been faithful, and we have not lost heart. We have not got discouraged. We have not quit. We have not turned our back on God. We have acknowledged that He is good and He cares, and we have moved forward every opportunity with faith. We have persisted. Will the Lord find faith when He returns? Now, I think that we should really value these three things. I think that with other goals that we might set in our Christian life, we would set these three goals. They, they would be three things we focus on every day, three things we do all the time, three things that we value, that we treasure as really, really important, really matters. It's what we need to dwell on. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm not going to lose heart. And no matter what happens, I'm going to persist. Because that's the, that's the answer to how we handle an insane world. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us today to, to learn from this teaching of our Lord Jesus today. May they resonate with us. May the Spirit just teach us and guide us and show us. 
I pray today, Lord, that each one of us would make the decisions, Lord, that allow us to serve you with all of our heart and be faithful. And Lord, I, I pray in my own world, I pray in my own life, that when you do return, Lord, I pray that I'll be faithful, that you will find me being faithful, always praying, haven't lost heart, persisted. We're so thankful that you are Lord of all and you are worthy of our worship today. In Jesus' name, amen. Esther, please come forward.